Hello and welcome to the School of Attraction podcast. I'm Damien Deeker and I'll be talking with you about a range of topics from dating, attraction, masculinity, sexuality, life philosophy, and much, much more. So without any further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy listening to today's podcast just as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Toxic masculinity as a term has really thrust itself into the limelight over the last year and it's crescendoed into a peak with the release of the Gillette ad. As I tend to do with a lot of negative male terms like mansplaining and manspreading and patriarchy, I do initially recoil quite strongly when I first hear these terms. What I do try to do is I try to always have a deeper look underneath the hood because I believe to every argument there's two sides. So after my initial recoil at having my gender attacked, I try to have a look underneath the covers and see what's really going on. So what do I think about toxic masculinity? Is it just an all-out attack on everything male or is there something deeper to it that deserves some attention? Keep watching to find out. So first of all, let's briefly recap. What is toxic masculinity? Well, it's a nebulous term for a whole bunch of masculine, so-called, at least so-called, masculine behaviors uh, that are totally condoned, that end up being sexually aggressive, violent, uh, uh, emotionally stunting, all kinds of behaviors that, that, that men can exhibit that society says this is totally okay because men are men and this is what men are like. And in theory, this type of behavior makes the world the worst place. That's, in a nutshell, my understanding of what toxic masculinity is. Now, I, like most men, get really upset at the term straight away, straight off the bat, because it feels like a direct attack on my madness. And it is. I think in many ways, that is that is what it has come to be in the media. It's an attack on anything that feels like it's male. And the reason that makes guys very upset, and myself as well, is because... In our society that we're living now, it feels like it's harder and harder to be a man. You know, it feels like there are so many pressures stopping us from being, from exhibiting anything that to us feels masculine. Now, I don't mean going out and raping a bunch of women. I just mean any type of exhibition that makes me male, that makes me, I don't know, that, that makes me me. And I feel like it's being squashed. And so anytime someone comes and goes, toxic masculinity, let's stop men doing that. Oh, I just, every part of me just tightens up. And I know, I know a lot of the men watching this video have felt the same way. So it was, it was really difficult for me to go out and do what I do and start talking to a lot of women, um, scholars as well, many of them like um, scholars in, in, in women's rights and things, and try to understand what's going on behind the scenes and how much of I agree with from a woman's perspective and how much I still think things are going wrong. So, so I did that. So I had a look, I had a bit of a chat and, and this is my understanding. So there's kind of two obvious sections to toxic masculinity that I can really see and understand and sympathize with. So the one section is the part of toxic, toxic masculinity that most obviously directly hurts women. So this would include things like, first of all, the fact that if a woman is raped or sexually assaulted and she goes to court to charge the guy she can very often come up against the slut defense. And what the slut defense is, is a complete character assassination against her, saying, well, you've been plenty promiscuous in the past, so you probably wanted it with this guy, because you are kind of a bit of a sleep-around kind of girl, so we don't think you this guy raped you. 
which is just, it's, it's horrific. It's super demeaning. And, you know, I think, unfortunately, women who are sexually promiscuous are more likely to be raped than less. So that compounds the problem. That doesn't mean these women deserve it. I'm not saying that. What I mean is they're more likely to come up against the slut defense and then have this guy get off scot-free. I mean, this is horrible stuff. Then you've got kind of the whole, the bro culture, right? That's, you know, the, the university frat boy thing. And, and, you know, I know false rapes aside because false rapes are a thing and they're becoming more of a thing. But the frat culture, especially in the USA, is where a whole bunch of guys get together and they whip each other up into this frenzy of, of like sexual assertiveness, aggression, boisterousness. You know, the, 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 it's like masculinity times 10. It's like you've injected them with something. And it does. You get a whole bunch. It is pretty dangerous for women. I think it's, it's risky for women to be around guys in this space. And I don't think women deserve to be at risk around these guys. And the third obvious example that comes up for me, because it's such a close part of my lifestyle, my business, is the whole pickup artist thing, the dating coaching thing. You know, a lot of men, and I'm going to go into this in more detail later, but a lot of men in the pickup artist world or the dating coaching world, they go into a space because rejection is really tough to deal with. So they go into a space where they have to, in their minds, dehumanize the women or turn the thing to a game or mute themselves to women's emotions because the rejection is so painful. And men have to face so goddamn much rejection in their lives. And I want to talk about this more later, but that's a big one. But as a result, what happens is you get a whole bunch of guys teaching themselves and other men to switch off emotionally, to stop caring, to stop thinking about what the woman's thinking about, to stop thinking about what the woman's feeling so that he can just work on his social skill set without having to deal with rejection all the time. And, you know, I've been somewhat guilty of this. The difficulty is there's no better out. There's no better way for men to overcome this stuff that I've ever seen. And so it's a problem. And it's a problem because it hurts women. I've seen a lot of guys in the pickup world hurt women. And they hurt women because they get so caught up with dehumanizing women, they can't rehumanize women once they've got the skill set under the belt. And I see that lots. So these are versions of toxic masculinity that I, I, I have compassion for. And there are many others too. These are just the big ones. But I do, I've got compassion for this stuff. I don't think women should have to feel um, at risk of their lives just because they've dressed provocatively. I think that's craziness. And, and we do live in a society that, that often has that attitude. But there's another side to toxic, toxic masculinity that I think is often missed. And this is even, I guess, get, gets my attention just as much. And that's the part of toxic masculinity that directly hurts men. Uh, you don't see this in the TV ad campaigns very much. So this is this notion that men are strong and strong men shouldn't cry. And strong men shouldn't feel too much emotion. In fact, men aren't emotional. Women are emotional creatures. Men aren't. We're simple. We don't like feeling things. Uh, that, God, that hurts men. Boy, does that hurt men. The biggest way you can hurt a child, a little boy growing up, is to teach him he's only allowed to feel angry or happy. They're the only, and as he becomes a teenager, horny. They're the only emotions that are available to him. And so what we do is we we definitely emotionally stunt our boys growing up. It's getting better. We do it, I mean, it was much worse in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Much better now. Um, you know, boys are allowed to cry a lot more often. Fathers are more tolerant of this. Fathers are much more willing to hug their sons, to kiss their sons, to, to not tell them to just get over it. But it's still there. It's still a pervasive part of our society. Me as a, as, as a man, I really had to work hard in my twenties to learn to show emotion, to express emotion and not see that as weakness. Emotion doesn't have to be weakness. Um, but men are constantly told that is weakness and that really hurts men. 
Another example of toxic masculinity that directly hurts men is the notion that men can't be victims of sexual assault. Uh, because there are a lot of men who are victims of sexual assault. First of all, there's little children, like boys, who are victims of sexual assault by women. Uh, but then there are men who are victims of sexual and physical assault, right? Men who are victims of physical assault or sexual assault are still typically laughed at. You know, they're, they're laughed off the bloody stage and police don't take them seriously and the legal system often doesn't take them seriously. And that is, these are examples of toxic masculinity that, toxic masculinity, that hurt men. I hate the term. But nonetheless, I, I can feel compassion for areas where it hurts women, where it is a problem, where like masculinity can go in a lot of directions because humans are very, we're emotionally flexible creatures. So masculinity is being vented in a way that's hurting women and it's being vented in a way at times that's hurting men. So there's a problem. I, I, I genuinely believe there's a problem. So does that mean that now I'm going to jump on the toxic masculinity bandwagon and start waving my flag with the feminists? No. See, while I agree with a lot of the problems that are being highlighted by advocates of toxic masculinity, well, most of them, I don't agree with the, 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 the ideas of toxic masculinity that, that refuse to accept that there are differences behaviorally between men and women. Because I, I, I've looked. Do your own looking. I can't find another mammal on the planet, of the, of the face of the planet. Another mammal where the male of that species and the female of that species behave identically. And don't have gender-specific behavior patterns. Because I can't find it. If you can, please let me know in the comments below. But I can't. I, it just doesn't exist. So why should humans be special? So yeah, if you're going to just deny that there's any gender differences, i got a problem with that. But for the rest, I do. I agree there's some serious problems out there. But what I abhor, what I abhor is the way that the message is being delivered. And the way that, that women especially, I, I, I did target women, but white knights as well. But society is trying to forcefully curb men's behavior. So what's my problem here? And this is my big problem. My big problem is that, and it's the same with, with mansplaining, it's the same with toxic masculinity and patriarchy complaints and the weapon that's used is shame. So what happens is whenever there's a debate or discussion or a woman starts piping up about toxic masculinity, what happens? She starts trying to shame men for their behaviors. You should feel ashamed. This hurts women. Don't you feel ashamed? Boy, I hate shame. And I hate shame for many reasons. On a very, first of all, on a logical level. Most of you probably haven't looked into the impact of shame. But, but let me explain this a little bit. If you've ever known anyone who's a drug addict, one of the biggest problems for a drug addict is shame. In fact, shame and shame spirals are one of the things that keeps drug addicts addicted to drugs. Because they feel so much shame for the fact they're a drug addict that they... It causes them to fall back into the cycle of being a drug addict, right? Shame just causes, it hurts our self-esteem. And what we tend to do is we try to try to tune out the shame, right? When someone pushes us to feel more pain than we already feel, because drug addicts already feel ashamed. And when you try to make them feel worse, they, they close off to the shame and they just start indulging in the habits. The same with being overweight, right? I mean, women know this. Women know that you don't fat shame fat women because it makes the situation worse. If you try to make a fat woman ashamed of being overweight, she's likely to eat more, not less. It doesn't work. And look, do some, I mean, I'll put some links below, but the research is out there. Shame doesn't change behaviors. It doesn't curb behaviors. It tends to make behaviors worse. Uh, the Trump, <laughs> Trump being president of the United States is a perfect example of shame. You see, America wasn't politically correct before Trump came, came around. America wasn't an overly unracist country 
Americans were just being shamed into not vocalizing their, their racist beliefs. They were just being shamed into being politically correct. It didn't fix the problem. It just pushed it underground and it simmered and boiled. And then you get Trump coming along going, hey, I say what I want. I'm a, I'm the kind of guy who doesn't care what other people think. And I'm just going to say whatever comes to my head, even if it's stupid and makes the world a worse place. And what that does is it gives voice. It gives legitimacy to all these people and all these beliefs who have felt shame for so long. Here's someone going, you don't have to feel ashamed. Bam. Now you get America with a whole bunch of racism problems. You get America with a whole bunch of politically incorrect people piping up and, and, and all these advocacy groups just piping up about all these issues that we thought had been resolved around the 70s and 80s, but they never were because it was, it was, it was try, it was controlled. It was controlled by shame. And so shame is not good. And I hate it because men already feel a lot of shame and men don't need to feel more shame about being men. We don't. What we need, what men need is compassion. We need compassion. I mean, women don't realize, let's take my industry, pickup artists, dating coaching into, into account here. Men, women have no idea just how much rejection a man has to face in his life. Men are lonely. Like on average, the average man is really effing lonely. You know, I, I work with these men day in and day out. There are men out there who just, I know men get focused on sex and I get that. And, and, and many men are focused on sex, but what women don't realize is that although sex is not emotional, we don't connect emotion to it. It's a form of, it's a form of affection and it's a form of validation, emotional validation for who we are as human beings. And for men, most men, walk around feeling like no one loves them, like no one cares. You know, you've got no idea how many men I talk to who are in their 20s, in their 30s, and they just, they don't have, they can't feel love. They can't feel like like they deserve affection because no one wants to give it to them. They're good men, a lot of these guys. And and women will just reject them because they're too nice. They're just going to overlook them. And and and, and the, it's, there's pain. There's genuine emotional pain and suffering. And so you don't just go, oh, you found a way to fix that problem and that's hurtful to women. Oh, well, you're a bad person. Tap on the nose. No, bad boy. You can't do that. You got to look, you got to help these guys. You got to help with the problem that's causing the outlashing, not just deal with the outlashing. It's the same thing with frat boys. I mean, you, you, you take boys who go through a high school system that consistently more and more eradicates competitive behavior that more and more eradicates boisterous rough and tumble play that forces boys to be quiet for long periods of time during the day it basically it's forcing boys to be like girls in the behaviors and oh man i growing up as a boy is rough it really is we are not like girls we we need to move we need to, to be active we're far more hyperactive than little girls it's just how we are and and the research is out there on this too look into it we're just not the same especially at that age and so boys go through the schooling system and they, they go into university and they find other men to bond with and go, yeah, F the system. Yeah, F what we've been taught to do. Now I'm going to behave how I want to behave. So yeah, so what's happening, what's going on is that we're not... Growing up as a male is different to growing up as a female. We grew up with all these sexual urges and impulses. I mean, we think about, especially in our teenagers, we think about sex all the time. And that's not toxic masculinity. That is, that is just how we are wired. And you can't, if you don't give men a way to process and vent that, first of all, we're not allowed to talk about our emotions. We're not allowed to, well, there's no platform in which to go, I feel horny and frustrated and there's nothing I can do about it. 
there's no there's no stage for that for men for boys growing up right and so it all goes inside and it simmers and it boils over and of course it's going to explode at some point what do you expect you know we've got to give boys a a way to vent these feelings i mean boys need rough and tumble play we need to be competitive we need ways to vent our testosterone i mean we are filled with it especially when we're younger and we need to vent this stuff but yet the school system just goes not nah, sorry behave more like girls this is the problem it's not it's it's the problem doesn't start with the behaviors later on you know yes i know there are some systemic belief systems like about how boys aren't allowed to feel emotion and stuff that's systemic there are belief systems around how women who are provocatively dressed deserve to be abused that's systemic that's a problem that needs to be addressed most men today at my age don't believe that though that's an older generation problem don't don't go man shaming me and my brethren about that crap because we don't believe it what we have is a whole bunch of guys who are frustrated and lashing out and that's that's what's happening and they the guys they're not criminals these people deserve compassion and yes i'm not saying this to to validate bad behavior if a man sexually abuses a woman in any context there should be a punishment but there should also be support um there also needs to be compassion if it's the only way he's going to change if you just punish him and then shame him and expect the behavior to change it's not going to work shame never works so you punish him because there has to be a, you know there has to be women need to protect be protected and there needs to be some kind of a, a deterrent but there needs to be support and there's no support right now there's no support without shame um if you look at what um men who abuse their their wives is subjected to it's it's shaming they try to curtail aggressive men who are who are perpetrators of domestic violence to try to shame them into behaving appropriately if you've ever read neil strauss's uh the truth which is you know his fall his fall into um sex addiction and he went to a number of high level high quality clinics and again it was shame shame you should be ashamed you're a sex addict you should be ashamed shame 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 uh, and it didn't work of course it doesn't work it doesn't fix the problem shame never works and and yeah so this is the thing that upsets me the other thing that upsets me about the term toxic masculinity is that it completely avoids the other problem which is toxic femininity. And toxic femininity is real. And in fact there is toxic genderism at play. There are behaviors that are allowed just because men are men and they shouldn't be. I agree. There are behaviors that are not allowed just because you're women. Let me give you an example. About 5 years ago now, I started my foray into coaching women, dating coaching women. And I would run these really big every month a huge seminar um in person. and there'd be sort of 70 80 women at these events and the very first one i remember i remember it to this day because it shocked me so much because i do something very similar with guys and i know what to expect and i expected exactly the same of women because women are always going on about how men have to stop playing games and blah, blah 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 and so anyway so what i do is i say all right so i said to the audience who here um who here has felt frustrated by a man not committing to them every woman raises the hand of course and i say to them all right who here th- who here thinks who here wouldn't want to manipulate a guy into staying with them all hands go down who here thinks it's okay to to manipulate a guy to make a commitment to you because that's what needs to happen to get guys to commit 80% of hands go up 80% of women in my classes feel that it's okay to manipulate a man into committing 
into a relationship. Like manipulating a guy to marry her. Holy crap. That this is a problem. This is girls being girls, right? This this is not acceptable behavior. That is toxic femininity. Not to mention I was watching a sitcom. I don't remember. I was watching a sitcom yesterday. And she was angry with the guy and she slapped him. Right? She hit him. She physically assaulted him and it was okay. There's no retribution expected. There's no crime perpetrator. I mean, if a man hits a woman in a sitcom, he has to be punished somehow. That's just how the rules work. But we're taught it, that was an okay behavior. Um, you know, if, if, if we see a woman who's been scorned, who's been cheated on by a husband, and we see her burning all these clothes or throwing them out the window, what do we get? We get hollers by the women going, yeah, you go, girl. I mean, we are condoning really toxic female behavior as well. It, you know, the behavior tends to become physical and violent when it's a male, and it tends to become manipulative and, and psychologically damaging when it's a female. I mean, heck, I know a lot of the men watching this have been really emotionally damaged by women in their lives. I mean, women can do serious harm. I know they're not generally physically abusing men. Definitely happens, by the way. But they're psychologically damaging men. And there needs to be some accountability. You know, I think that, for example, a woman who, like a girl, a teenage girl, you know, at schools, we're trying to teach men you don't rape. Men know that. We don't need to be taught that, right? But, you know, we're trying to teach boys to respect women's needs better. I don't know that that's a bad cause, but it needs to be done the right way. It's still done with shame-based thinking, and I hate that. But the concept, I think, is an okay one. But on the flip side, we've got to teach women to respect boys' needs. Now, I don't mean that we need to teach women to sleep with guys because they make us horny. What I mean is, I think that we need to be teaching girls, teenage girls... That to play with boys' sexual needs, like to sexually taunt them, is not okay. That that is bullying. That's what we need to be teaching girls. It's not okay. It's not okay to mess with boys' emotions. Because girls do that because it gives them power. You know, it, it gives it allows them to feel empowered over guys, right? And, 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 and that's bullying because that's how bullying works. We bully someone to, to feel empowered and it's not okay. And we shouldn't be condoning that kind of behavior in girls. Sure, if she does it and she gets assaulted, the boy gets punished. That's not cool. But she did bully him in the first place, and that, that also isn't okay. So yeah, these kinds of behaviors, we need to look more closely at what's happening on both sides, because it's not it's, 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 it's the goose and the gander having a fight, right? Men are doing these things that are not okay, and women are doing these things that are not okay. But what's happening is both sides are feeling powerless. You know, men are feeling frustrated and sexually powerless, and women are feeling frustrated and, and physically powerless. And, and we're lashing out, and that's not okay. And we need to deal with that. But we don't deal with it by trying to shame the behavior. We deal with it by being compassionate and saying, hey, life can be really hard for boys growing up. And we need to work on that. And then we'll get less bad lashing out later on. And we need to say, hey, life is hard for women growing up. And they've learned to manipulate to try to get some kind of sense of, of, of power in their lives. And they shouldn't need to feel that need that sense of power. So let's let's punish them if they, do, if they, if they hit a guy. Let's punish them if they do these things that aren't okay. But then also let's be compassionate and try to help them with the stuff they need help with. So yeah, in short, look, I agree there is a problem. There is a, um, a type of toxic mentality that exists for both genders, not just men out there. And I think that these issues deserve attention. Absolutely. I don't think feminists in this regard are star craving mad. They've got real points. But the execution, we've got to stop using shame. There's got to be compassion. Compassion on both sides. Men need to be compassionate about women's issues and why women lash out. And women have got to be compassionate for men and why are men lash out. This whole shame thing makes me sick and I, and I don't want to see it. And I don't think men around the world want to see it. If you stop trying to make us feel ashamed 
we'd probably a lot more of us would come to the party and have a discussion about how to fix these problems permanently in our societies. What do you think? I know this has been a bit of a rant, but it's a rant that I'm hugely passionate about. Let me know in the comments below. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel. Not all of my topics are this heavy, this loaded. Uh, a lot of them are about dating and relationship advice because I am a dating coach after all, but I do like I do like interjecting on these topics that tend to be quite loaded because I think it's important to have a bit of a balanced view rather than just the one-sided uh, blue or red pill sort of notion of what's going on. I'm Damien. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel. Have a really great day and I'll see you at my future videos. That's it. And thank you for watching today's podcast. As a high five for taking the time to learn today, you can head over to schoolofattraction.com forward slash sincere seduction audiobook, all one word, to grab the audiobook version of my award-winning book, Sincere Seduction, which is an end-to-end guide to approaching and attracting women. Take care, and I look forward to bringing you my next podcast.